You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. Hallelujah. What are we talking about? We're talking about the names of God. <laughs> this morning, I want to... Elohim was introduced to us in Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 by Moses. Right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You see, the word God there is Elohim. Elohim in Hebrew. Now, the interesting thing is that here you see in the beginning God. You notice that God is in singular, right? Correct? But in Hebrew, the singular of God is El, E-L. So Elohim is plural in Hebrew. So as, as a noun, Elohim in Hebrew is plural. So if we want to, if we want to, um, if we want to be literal in, as in um, English, we'll say, in the beginning, gods, or the gods created the heavens and the earth, which will be erroneous if we said that. But in the Hebrew, that's the kind of picture. And what is that talking about? It's talking about the Trinity. Do you understand? Yeah. That's where the concept of Trinity comes from. There are some preachers I've heard speak against the Trinity. In fact, I know one who used to, those days, I don't know if he's still there, do preaching those, that kind of nonsense. But to say, to say that God, to say that there is no Trinity... Because the word Trinity does not appear in the Bible, you now say there's no such thing as Trinity. It's a lie. It's a lie. One of the ways you identify cults is how they, how, how they see Jesus or the Holy Spirit. So some of them see Jesus as created. So they... People don't have a problem with God. Where the problem is, is Jesus. Have you noticed that? When you meet the Muslim, you talk about God. Yes, God, 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 God. The moment you bring Jesus, that's the contention. That's where the contention is. So, Elohim. That's the, first, um, that's the first reference in the Hebrew. The first reference to God in the Bible is Elohim. So it's, as a, as a noun, it's in the plural, but the verb is always, it always works, it's always expressed with a singular. So, in other words, it's, if you want to interpret it accurately in English, it's plural majesty. All right? 
So that's why the, uh, Moses says to the children of Israel in the, the Shema, Behold, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Yeah, that's in Deuteronomy, I think, is it 6, 5, or 6 thereabout. Behold, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Is it there? Where are we? Let me see. Let me check my Bible. Hmm? Okay, 6-4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is what? Is one. All right? So, how can you say plural is one? <laughs> you find that each time, the interesting thing is that the word Elohim is also used of foreign gods, of idols. They say that in the, in the Hebrew um, text, you find that there are times that it is used of, of idols. There are times that it is used of men, like Moses. Yeah. Like Moses. But the interesting thing is that whenever it applies to idols, there is a plural. In that's, if it's like saying, you don't worship other gods. It will always add the S. But when it comes to the living God, there's never an S. Do you get my point? There's never an S. So, that is to say, that although they are three, but they are one. Three in one. So that's where the concept of Trinity comes from. The word Trinity you will not find in the Bible, but the idea of Trinity is all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible. And you will find places where... Um, Jesus is called God. You will also find places where the Holy Spirit is called God. So, what does that mean? So, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I believe is an accurate, accurate um, depiction of the Godhead. Whoever came up with the word Trinity, I believe was inspired. Because it captures everything. The only thing is that sometimes people confuse them. When they say the Father is the Son, the Son is the Father, the Father is the Spirit, the Son is... No, 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 no. Come on. It's not like that. Hmm? It says in the, in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make thy enemy thy footstool. So how do you speak to yourself to sit at your right hand till you make your other self enemy. It's not, it's not okay, right? 
So there are three different persons, but they are one in unity. That is why Jesus would say, the Father is greater than I. Correct? That's why Jesus would pray to the Father. Can you pray to yourself? You don't pray to yourself. And you don't pray to a lesser. You always pray to a higher. Am I correct? You can never pray to your dog, right? Yeah. If you do, then we know you have a problem. You should you belong in an institution somewhere. So, but you pray to God. Why? Because He is greater. So, if Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us, who is He praying to? The Father. Now, if the Holy Spirit, huh? is given to us to help our weaknesses. Yes? And then he says, He that searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Who is the Holy Spirit helping us to pray to? To himself? No. To the Father. Hallelujah. So all the three make up the Godhead. Hmm? Look at that, John 14, 28. You have heard me say to you, I'm going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to where? To the Father. That means He is different. The Father is different. All right? He is going to means there is a different location. That requires a journey, right? Right. So he says, For my Father is greater than I. Hallelujah. So in God, God is like an institution. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is like an institution made up of Father, Son, and Spirit. That's Elohim. Okay? And that's why when we get to heaven, Jesus is going to take each and every one of us to the Father. He's going to give us back to the Father. Because that's where we all came from. He was sent to reconcile us back to the Father. All right? So, he is the one that is bringing us, taking us back to that place where we were before Adam sinned. Amazing. So the entire Godhead is working to bring the human race back into that place. Yeah. And that's why we must know God. Why? Because your, your knowledge of God is so important to your walk, your spiritual walk. It's so important to your destiny, to you fulfilling your destiny. You need to know God. You can't be confused about God. Okay? Yeah. So, we Christians, some people say, oh, Christians serve 
many gods. They serve three gods. They worship three gods. No, we don't. You tell them, we don't. We worship one God. One God. But there are three personalities that are so united, you cannot separate them. <laughs> Amazing. Right? So, Elohim, when you see Elohim in Scripture, a lot of times it has to do with strength. Hmm? You remember in the beginning, God made the heavens and what? The earth. Yeah. So he made the heavens and the earth. And it took strength to do that. It took power. So Elohim can also be seen as um, the God of all power. The, the God of powers. So everything about him is full. If you talk about glory, it's to an extent you can't imagine. If you talk about love, it's to an extent you can't imagine. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you talk about deliverance, my God, when he wants to deliver, there is nothing he cannot deliver. Do you understand? So when the fullness, when the Godhead is released on any matter, yo, 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 there's nothing that can stop it. And that's why in our day, I believe in these last days, one of, the <coughs> one of the things we're going to see is the Godhead operating on the earth. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all working with us. Some of the manifestations that we are pressing into will require that. I'm telling you. It will require that. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has already been poured out, right? From Acts chapter 2. So a lot of things have been happening, but there is another dimension that we're going to enter into that is greater than what Acts have entered into. And that's because Elohim will be working. We'll see all three working. Yes. Just like they did the creation out of nothing. Yes. Yeah, out of nothing. That's where you see the height of creativity. Creativity like you've never seen. It's still going to fall upon us. It's still going to manifest, I'm telling you. I was, I was telling, I've, I've told some few guys, years ago I remember, in the 80s, I was praying one time, and I had a, I had a vision, I saw a TV flat on the wall. Now, in the 80s, there was no such thing. 
And I even turned to my brother. I said, wow, if only I have money. I can see this thing. Can you imagine a TV flat on the wall? And he was like, really? I said, yes, I saw it. I saw it. But now, look at it. And it's, it's not even as flat as what I saw. It's not yet at that stage. But it's getting there. Do you get what I'm saying? So when you get into the spirit, you get to a point where you begin to, to interact with Elohim. Creativity begins to flow. Yeah. There is a level of creativity I believe we are yet to experience. Yes, I'm telling you. I believe that. It's, this, I, if, if not for anything, my, for my own experience, I, I'm like, I saw this thing. And before my very eyes. I, I didn't know what to do with what I saw. So I ju it just remained in the realm of vision. But somebody somewhere caught something. Yeah. I wish I had known some people. I wish I had known what I know now at that time. Then I would have been a billionaire by now. Yes. But anyway, there's still more. There's more. So that's why you need, to, you need to press into God. You need to walk with God. You need to love God. You need to, you need to know Him. Why? Because there are things that will just rub off on you. Just by mere interaction with him. Huh? How many people have heard of uh, George Washington Carver? I've, I've mentioned that before, right? George Washington Carver, he came out, he's the one, we thank him, today we are eating peanut butter because of George Washington Carver. In those days, there was a great depression. Things were so bad, but... In his, from his interaction with, the, with, with, with God. God gave him the idea of the peanut butter. And do you believe that? He came out with over 400 patents from the peanuts alone. 400 uses. Over 400. That's what happens when you walk with Elohim. In the beginning, God created. So when you walk with him as a creator, then creativity flows. Creative ideas. He says in Proverbs, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out witty inventions. It's time for witty inventions to be released upon us. And it will come when we walk with Elohim. Witty inventions. Ideas that have not even entered the heart of man can enter into your heart. Can drop off on you as you walk with Elohim. I'm telling you. These things are real. They're real. There is a man, uh, Otoneur, he was, 
he was, a, he, he was not even educated. He was a dropout. Huh? But he feared God. He loved God. The little, he would go and do laborer work. The little money he makes, he, takes, he tithes from it. Okay? And he was, his relationship with God was so intact. Do you know what? As time went on, God began to show him in dreams. Earth-moving equipment. Earth-moving equipment. All these earth-moving equipment we see today, they are his patents. <laughs> huh? Yeah, he helped America during the World War to make <laughs> lots of equipment that will move their stuff. It helps. It pays to walk with Elohim. Amen. So many people. So, you need to know him as creator. You need to tap from the creative genius. Huh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's Elohim himself. Do you know that it is interesting that you can walk with God to a point where I told you that there are, in, in, in Scripture, there are people that are also called Elohim. Right? For example, Moses. In, in Genesis, in Exodus chapter, let's look at uh, Exodus. Exodus chapter... Mighty God. Okay, let's read chapter 4 first. Exodus chapter 4, verse 16. It says, So, now this is the Lord speaking after he got angry with Moses. For all his excuses. Most, uh, God now decides to tell him to go and speak to Aaron, his brother. Okay? And he says now, verse 15, he says, Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. I will teach you what you shall do. You see? Elohim teaches. He teaches. Then he says, So he shall be your spokesman to the people. Right? He shall be your spokesman to the people. And he himself shall be a mouth for you. As a mouth for you. And you shall be to him as what? As Elohim. it is possible to be as God. So, I think it's a, it's, it's a King James that says you shall be, he shall be a prophet to you. Huh? Let's, let's check the King James version. There's one version that says he shall be. Uh, okay. I'm not sure which one. 
But he shall be a prophet to you. Hmm? He shall be a prophet to you. Look at uh, chapter 7. Let's look at chapter 7. From verse 1. Okay, okay. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God. <laughs> to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. That's what I was looking for, yeah. You see? So, Moses, you are now being elevated to the level of Elohim. That's why Moses could do what he did. You understand? Yeah. That's why. So how many people want to be as God? <laughs> yeah, but you, you cannot be as God if you are immature. I'm telling you, you cannot. Because God is mature. You have to grow quickly. You have to grow thousands of years in the spirit. You need to catch up quickly. Spend a lot of time in his presence. Spend a lot of time in the glory. Do you understand? That will accelerate your growth. And you start becoming ancient in the spirit. Ancient. You spend all the time in the nightclub. You cannot be like Elohim. Because that's not... Because I'm not <laughs> saying you... <laughs> I'm not saying that that's your life, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just making a comparison. So people that don't spend time in his presence, don't, they don't realize that they are going to be spiritually stunted. There are many spiritual dwarfs. They have big titles, but they are dwarfs in the spirit. And then some other people, they might not have a title, they might not have it, but they are giants. When they walk into a place, demons recognize them. They know the kind of caliber of a person you are. So, God had to elevate Moses above Pharaoh. Do you understand? Pharaoh was a... Do you know that Pharaohs were worshipped? Pharaohs were worshipped. That's why Pharaoh would say, who is the Lord? I'm the God here. What are you talking about? The Lord says, says the Lord, let my people go. Who is that Lord? I'm the Lord here. When did I say that? <laughs> so God had to elevate Moses so that Moses is in, on a higher position in the spirit. And then Moses could now enforce the judgments of God. So that's what God is doing in our lives. He's preparing us to get to that place where we can begin. Hallelujah. You know, when Jesus said, that's why he found that if you read the Gospels, most of the time, Jesus always referred to himself as son of man. You know why he didn't refer to himself, he didn't refer to himself as son of God? Because the Jews would have killed him. 
Because if God is your father, if God gives birth to you, what does that make you? Yeah, God. I mean, you cannot give birth to a dog, right? Because you are human. Right? So, the, 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 the point is that if God is your father, what you are telling us is that you are God. And then they, they, they wanted to stone him. So because of that, everywhere he went, son of man, son of man, son of man. Although he was God in the flesh, and he was the son of God, but he always referred to himself as son of man. And that's why when Peter said, thou art Christ, the son of the living God, oof, it was a major revelation. It was a major revelation. So what happened? Now, Jesus is so impressed. He says, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. This one was not a product of Google search. This one is not, a, you know, it's not from the libraries on the earth. No professor taught you this one. Huh? He says, my father is the one that gave it to you. And then because of that, he now says to Peter, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. The keys. You see? So there is a kind of place you get into where God begins to give you keys. He begins to give you certain things. Not everybody was given those keys. Not everybody. So you have to walk with God to a point where God can trust you with certain kind of keys, with kind of authority. Every one of us has authority to bind, loose, and all of that. But hmm, Peter was on a different level. That's why the Catholics, they call him the Pope, first Pope. And they believe that the Pope today still has the keys that Peter got. Now, that's a different story. But they got the concept. That's why the Gentiles could not even receive the gospel. Peter had to be the one to go and open the kingdom to the Gentile world. Because he was given the keys. Hmm? So God has to send the angel to Cornelius. Cornelius, you've been doing this You've been sacrificing. You've been praying. You've been seeking so much. Send for Peter. He's got the keys. <laughs> you see? He's got the keys. Send for him. And he sent for Peter. Peter came. Why didn't John come? He didn't have the keys. It was Peter that had the keys. So after Peter opened it, then Paul could go. To the Gentile world. But Peter opened it up. Because God gave him the keys. Do you understand? Incredible, right? That's how God works. But he can only give to those that rise to that place. Yeah, I was just, I was praying. Two nights ago, I was just praying, 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 praying. You know what I heard? The Lord just said, 
am a rewarder of them that diligently seek me. I felt like praying more again. Hallelujah. So when you are doing it, nobody sees. Nobody knows. Nobody knows the sacrifice. Nobody knows the price you are paying. Nobody knows how you are, how you are pursuing. But one day, do you understand me? One day, he will reward you openly. I'm telling you. Those of you that have been diligent, you have been consistent, you have been faithful, you continue to press in, and it's as if nothing is happening. Don't be fooled. You are aging in the spirit. You are aging in the spirit. Every hour you spend with God is, 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 is equal to years in the spirit. Years in the spirit. Every hour. Then one day you just come out like the ancient of days. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, these things we're sharing, I know you, these are all things you share with the new believers, but we're just trying to get you to, 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 to grow quickly because there are things we have to do when the, when the, when, when the, what is it called? When the time is up. When it's time for manifestation, then we have the statue. Hallelujah. We have the statue. We can stand before kings. We can stand before nations. How about that? Yeah. We will stand, we'll take regions. Hallelujah. How would you like that? To become an ambassador of Christ for maybe an entire region. He says, just go there and, you know, take over that place for me. Anything that wants to happen there, nothing will happen unless you permit it. Glory. <laughs> Let's stand up and feed and pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www dot every nation midrand dot org